0: Hey everybody, here at Keep Talking Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Wellness Wednesday today. Today I'm talking about how to stay healthy when we travel. And I'm inspired to do this because today I'm actually traveling, not the day this is being released, but the day that I'm recording this podcast episode. And so I started thinking about, yeah, how do we stay healthy when we're traveling? And you know what the funniest part about this is? Is I've been outside the U.S. like like 10 times maybe in my life. I get sick like almost every Time, So here you are taking travel health advice from the guy who always gets sick when he travels. But anyway, maybe I've learned enough from all the times I got sick to give you some good advice. Some of this relates to like, well, I mean, I'm not going to talk that much about like the basic, you know, gringo tips as you will. Like, don't drink the water. I'm Okay, like I did include that at the end. But anyway, this is more related to like, yeah, when we travel, especially when we travel to a different country, different time zone, like how do we keep our bodies moderately in sync with what's going on because let's face it like travel is hard on all of us it's hard for it's hard for our health and a lot of reasons and actually when i just went to colombia a couple months ago i literally well I, i ended up getting sick twice with for two different reasons but you know with um with vomiting and diarrhea and I literally lost like 10 pounds in two weeks, right? And I was even eating good on like the days that I wasn't sick. Like I was eating a lot, right? But anyway, bottom line is, uh, you know, it takes a lot out of you. I remember at the end of the trip, I just, I had a lot taken out of me. I'm doing another trip to a place that's even slightly further away in a different direction than Colombia, leaving today. And so I'm going to be there for 10 days and I'm sure the trip's probably going to take a lot out of me in some way. I hope I don't vomit and have diarrhea as much as I did in Colombia, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, the point is, it takes a lot out of you. So, uh, this is just some some general, like, how to stay healthy, as healthy as possible. How do we feel good when we travel? Because, let's face it, like, like, believe me, this happens to a lot of us a lot. Like, we get real amped up, psyched up about a trip somewhere, but then, like, a couple days in, or, you know, like halfway through it or whatever we're like oh my god I just my body just doesn't feel right I'm not enjoying this nearly as much as I was hoping if you've traveled you've probably been there before right so some tips on how to hopefully feel good as good as possible throughout your trip and when you get back and I didn't have like a This isn't, like, ordered in, uh, you know, some fancy way. I don't have, like, a specific number of tips. I'm just kind of going to talk and ramble. And that's, in general, what I do on this podcast. So, first thing, okay, like, let's talk about the airport and the planes, right? Because, like, a lot of people, you know, as you know, I'm kind of, like... I'm not, like, a COVID denier, but I'm, like, half a COVID denier. I'm like, okay, it's not that big a deal. Like, like when I go to the airport, I'm not worried about, like, COVID, so to speak. I know that they still have mask rules everywhere, blah, 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 blah. Like, in my humble opinion, like, the, the possible COVID exposure is, like... <laughs> not the biggest problem when it comes to why traveling is bad for our health like yeah you're more likely to get covid when you're in an airport going through tsa freaking standing in that line for 30 minutes and you know everybody breathing all over everybody and everybody's nervous okay i get that and then when you're on the plane in these closed quarters next to all these people in the seats that are seven inches wide like i get that okay um and by the way Speaking of seats that are seven inches wide, like this is advice for cheap travelers as well. Like like people like me who just traveled, you know, with basic economy tickets. I'm not talking about you fancy schmancy bougie people who spend three thousand dollars to get first class or whatever it is that you do, right? Stretch your legs out, sleep on the plane. I'm talking about the people who go on like an overnight cross Atlantic flight like I'm gonna do tonight and can't get a minute of sleep because we're scrunched up in these little seven inch seats. That's what I'm talking about. All right, just to be clear. So, anyway, okay. We got, you know, we go we're at the airport, we got the plane. Now what's funny is other people like me like biohackers, quote unquote, for example. I'm not like a hardcore biohacker, but you see a lot of biohackers when they go to the airports, they got on these fancy like anti-radiation suits, you know? It's uh They got these, like, oh, my buddy's laughing in the background. This is hilarious. Like, they they sell these things. And, like, you know me. Like, I get somewhat into this stuff. I'm like, you know, shut off your Wi-Fi at night. Put your phone in airplane mode. Don't have it in your pocket. It's going to radiate your testicles, blah, 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 blah. Like, I I, I do believe in that, in that, like, the amount of low-level radiation that we're exposed to. Uh, is probably not good for us, be it via cell phone networks, Wi-Fi, etc. And I know that Google will tell you, but Sean, it's non-ionizing radiation. it's Google says it's okay, yeah, I get it, but I still am not sure yet. okay Anyway so, Airplanes. Okay, you got these these fancy biohackers to protect themselves from the radiation. They put on these, like, the, these like suits, right? Or these, like, I don't know how they do it. It's like, yeah, these fancy things that you can buy to protect your body from the radiation. It's sort of like when you go to the dentist and you're sitting there getting your, you know, x-rays of your teeth and they put that, like, vest on you, right? Anyway, but, and like, the, the weird thing about it is, like, I was reading this article from Scientific American and it's like, okay, the major source of radiation exposure from air travel comes from the flight itself. This is because at high altitude, the air gets thinner. The farther you go from the Earth's surface, the fewer molecules of gas there are per volume of space. Thinner air thus means fewer molecules to to deflect incoming cosmic rays, radiation from outer space, with less atmospheric if you're shielding. There's more exposure to radiation. Like essentially, we're exposed to like a hundred times the amount of radiation that we normally would be when we're in the plane. Don't quote me on that. Like, I, yeah, something, there's something in here. Like radiation dose equivalent to about a thousand chest x-rays or something Okay, like you get the point we're exposed to a lot more radiation apparently in the plane now i don't have like a fancy anti-radiation suit you know i just sit in the plane and i take the radiation right but that is definitely a thing that we're exposed to to more radiation right now the other thing about the plane one thing that i never figured out And this is why hydration is key when we travel. But, like, do you ever travel and you notice, like, I'm just super dehydrated at the end of the flight, and it doesn't even make sense because maybe you, like, drank water every time they brought it around to you? Like, I always feel like that. I have never gotten off a flight feeling hydrated. It's always dehydrated. But it doesn't really make sense to me. I was reading this other article from Cleveland Clinic, and essentially, like, because the air pressure is lower at higher altitudes, It makes our bodies take in less oxygen. So then airlines pressurize the air in the cabin, but not to sea level pressures. So there's less oxygen getting to your body when you fly, which can make you feel drained or even short of breath. Anyway, essentially, you know, yeah, it it dehydrates the shit out of you, right? I always notice that at the end of the flight. And hydration, as we know, is just a key to stay healthy all the time. So when you're on the plane, like, Try to drink as much water as you can. Obviously keep drinking water when you arrive to your destination. And like don't even get me started about the stuff that they serve on the plane. Jesus God. Last time I was when I was coming home from uh from Colombia. It's like it's like it was a nice flight too, like an American Airlines flight, you know, very nice. And um they're giving you these uh these little what are they called? Like biscoff biscuit like some sort of weird sounding like biscuit thing. It's those little cookie crackers that have like 200 calories worth of diabetes inside of it it's just like it's like nothing except like sugars added sugars and vegetable oils It's like all the things that will kill you. It's it's absolutely terrible for you Like this is what they serve you as your little snack on the plane because heaven forbid you go through a three to four hour flight without eating, right? Um, But anyway, like like what I like to do now when i'm on the plane is I in general will use my flights as a time for like a prolonged fast. And we've talked about this a little bit before on this podcast, like the benefits, pros and cons of fasting, intermittent fasting. But like, I think what I'm going to do today, for example, I think I'm going to eat something when I'm at the airport waiting for my flight because I've, you know, the food at the airport can be decent depending on which restaurant you go to. The food they serve on the planes, in my opinion, Even, like, the meals are usually kind of crappy, and then, like, the little snacks are just god-awful. You know, like, hey, how's about a Diet Coke and a little Biscoff cookie or whatever that is? 150 grams of sugar, that way you can sit there in the plane and not burn it off whatsoever, right? Um, So, anyway, like, the stuff they give you is just terrible. I like to just have water only when I'm on the flights and kind of will use a long travel period as a time for an intermittent fast of, you know, 16, 18, 20, up to 24 hours. Now, maybe that's not the best advice for everyone. I mean, intermittent fasting works better for some people than others. Women have to be a little bit more careful with it um, just due to hormones and around menstruation. Uh, But anyway, like, the bottom line is just avoid, like, the stupid food and stuff that they give you on the plane. It's, in general, terrible for you, okay? Now, uh, another thing that goes along with that is, like, okay, Like, food is the the biggest aspect of this, in my opinion, just because when we travel, we get sleep-deprived. Like, for one reason or another, unless you're flying from, like, Minneapolis to Chicago, okay, that's a little easier. But, like, if you're traveling anywhere somewhat long distance, even if you're in the same time zone, it's probably going to fuck up your sleep a little bit. Okay, Just a little bit in a certain way. And if you're doing like a cross-Atlantic thing like I am today, it's definitely going to mess up your sleep. You're going to a totally different time zone. So what happens when we get sleep-deprived? All of the hormones get messed up. Our hunger and satiety hormones get totally messed up. We have cravings for crap. We want to eat bad crappy food okay so we have to fight those cravings we have to say no this isn't actually my stomach telling me i'm hungry for this it's just the cravings because everything is messed up okay so just just be disciplined with your food intake a bit now food in general Obviously, when you arrive to your destination, like this is where like the the gringo tips come in. And when I say the gringo tips, I mean like the standard, like, you know, people from the United States be like, don't drink the water there, don't eat this. And like, there certainly is truth to that. Like, you don't want to be drinking the water in, you know, a lot of different countries. And my biggest one is street food. God, I've made some big mistakes with street food before. Oh, in Mexico one time, I just got these random tacos from this little uh, Pueblo Mágico, they call it, like one of those little magic. Pueblo, what's the word for Pueblo? Town, a little magic town, Pueblo Magico. And I got sick for, like, three days. I was literally traveling to Guadalajara for five days with friends. And, like, the first three and a half days, I was out, bedridden. Like, it was terrible. Drinking, like, electrolyte hydration drinks to try to stay alive just because of the street tacos. So, like, yeah, don't be stupid and don't, like, drink bad water and eat street food, okay? Simple stuff, right? Um, but, like, a lot of this stuff... Um, Oh, another big one is, you know, when you're at the airport and when you're on the plane, keep moving a little bit. I mean, I understand you can't stand up that often during the flight sometimes. But when you get a chance, stand up, act like you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, whatever – You know, when you're at the airport, don't be the person that, like, sits there on a chair the whole time, hunched over, playing diddly squat on your telephone with your bad posture and sitting there not moving. Because, like, as we know, probably the biggest contributor, in my opinion, maybe the biggest contributor to all of the, quote-unquote, metabolic diseases we have nowadays, diabetes, and even, you know, things like heart disease, whatever, is the fact that we don't move as modern humans. We are sedentary, right? And if you just get up and, and move somewhat frequently throughout the day, That's probably the best thing you can do for your health. And it's funny because when you travel, like, if you're one of those people who is at the airport and you just sit in a chair the whole time at the airport, you know you're going to just be sitting in a much smaller, less comfortable chair for the next four hours or whatever on the plane, right? So, like, the point is get up and move a little bit. It really helps us feel better. Now, once you get to your destination, okay, I want you to get outside and get some sunlight right now this is all about circadian rhythms so what is jet lag okay jet lag is when we mess up our circadian rhythms by traveling to a time zone where the Sun rises and sets at a different time why is this bad primarily because it messes with our hormones okay our body is programmed to say oh, okay my 24-hour cycle is telling me now that it's morning here I begin to, you know, well, I'm producing more cortisol, I'm becoming more alert. Then later in the evening, when the sun goes down, I'm producing melatonin so I can sleep, okay? It's part of a cycle. This is our biological clock, the way our bodies work. When you go to a totally different time zone, that's all totally messed up. And I've talked about it before. It's funny because, like, most of us do this at home every weekend just by staying up two or three hours later and waking up two or three hours later on, you know, Saturday and Sunday as opposed to during the week. And we're not supposed to do that, but we're human beings and we're stupid, so we do that. And that's the way society works. But anyway, so when you get to your new destination, how do we reset our circadian rhythms just a bit? Okay, first we want to see some light, whether it's the sunrise. Go outside and just see the natural light. When you see where the sun is in the sky, that tells your body, oh, where I am right now, it's 10 a.m. or it's 4 p.m. or whatever, right? Do a workout, okay? A workout, I mean, a workout is just good advice to do. Anywhere, you know, go do exercise, whatever. This also can help to reset the circadian rhythms, kinda of get you in rhythm with where you are. And dan dan dun, 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 earthing or grounding. Yes, the hippie ritual that everybody makes fun of me for. Okay. Get out, put your bare feet on the ground, some grass if possible, okay? Earthing Everything is cool. Everything works. It feels great. Just just try it sometime, okay? Don't be crazy and do it like me sometimes when it's like 10 degrees in Minnesota, but you get the point, all right? Um, you know, the funny thing with jet lag is I'm going to see how it works for me this time because I'm going to a time zone that's seven hours ahead of mine, and like when you fly east like I am in particular, it, it is tough to, uh, you know, to adjust, and since I'm going to be there only for 10 days, I honestly don't even know if I'm going to like get unjet lagged during the trip, and this is funny because this actually reminds me of I told the story a while back on the podcast about when I went to Bahrain in uh, 2013, and I was going to teach English. And this is actually a, a kind of a weird story in my life. It was a story about about fear, about making kind of a bad decision, probably multiple bad decisions. Let's be honest. Um, but anyway, long story short, I had taken this position to, uh, as a 15 month contract to be an English teacher in Bahrain, and. You know, I was still fairly young at the time. Um, fairly insecure, immature for a lot of reasons. Of course, as you know, now I'm the most secure, mature person in the whole world. No. Um, but anyway, I'd taken this position and uh, I arrived to Bahrain and then for a couple different reasons, I just didn't like what was happening and I kind of became like scared to stay there for 15 months. Um, now, why, do, why, why am I talking about this as it relates to jet lag? Because I was extremely jet lagged when I got there. Like essentially I was there for like six or seven days and then just made, the abrupt decision to end the contract and come back home just leave and they were obviously really pissed at me like the professors at this school Uh, but a big part of the reason that I did that in my opinion is because I was so like sleep deprived I was still jet-lagged I was like not able to fall asleep until like three or four in the morning their time I was like everything was messed up I was sleeping for like three hours and you know when we're sleep deprived we were not able to make sound decisions whatsoever now am I saying was it like a bad decision for me to come home no, not necessarily. Like, I don't know what would have happened if I would have stayed. But the point is we're much more likely to make, like, an irrational, just, like, impulsive on-a-whim decision when we're sleep-deprived like that, right? And so, yeah, I just always, like, highlight that story because, I mean, yeah, I've told the full story before here on a podcast, I think. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. It um, So I'm actually curious because this is going to be – I have been – um across the atlantic a few times since then and i don't think i had as bad of jet lag but i'm curious to see what happens to me this time because jet lag jet lag will mess with you and sleep deprivation like you can be the most fully functioning physically fit emotionally sound human being but you mess up your sleep for a couple days and you're all bets are off like you are you turn into something totally different so um yeah i'm curious to see how my body and my mind react to it um yeah i don't know i think that uh that's pretty, much, uh, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, so we'll see if I can stay safe this time when I'm traveling. Of course, when you listen to this podcast episode, it's going to be released a few weeks, well, like a week or two after I get back from my travel. So uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll have a report for you, or maybe I just won't. We'll see. But anyway, we'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily lives. Get out there and do it.